Welcome to Resurrection Sunday at uh, Anchor Church. We're blessed to have you guys. Also, I forgot this. If you're watching online right now, for some reason, you didn't make it to church on Easter Sunday. What is wrong with you? I'm just kidding. Thank you for tuning in wherever you're at, whatever reason you couldn't make it. If you're home, if you're sick and you couldn't make it to church, thank you for not spreading your germs. We're blessed to be having you watch us online, but whatever. We are celebrating Jesus around here. We're happy to be here this morning. You guys happy to be here? All right, all right. Got to take the temperature, see where the crowd is at this morning. A couple announcements that we got going on um, I want to just make sure that you know about is we have a couple photographers. Where's our photographers? Right here. Whoa, two of them. Look at them. See the shirts they have on? It says smile, and they're going to take pictures. Here's what we want you to know is that we want to take your family Easter pictures for you. And what's going to happen is they're going to be roaming around the courtyard out there, and if you want your family's picture taken, they'll take a nice picture of you. They'll tell you where to get it online because they're going to, we're going to have our guys edit it up and make you look even more beautiful than you are. And in like two weeks, you can download them and you can have some cool family photos. So look for the girls with the shirts on right here, the cameras. They're going to be out there roaming free family photos. How cool is that? That's cool, right? Anyway, um, second, next week is also a big weekend. I know this is Resurrection Sunday, but next weekend, what we're doing after our services down at Kalama Beach Club is we have our Ohana Beach Day. And that's really just a time to get the whole church together. We come down. Uh, we get to meet some people. We provide the food down there so you don't have to worry about lunch. We hang out a great day at the beach, but it's more than just a day at the beach. The real reason we're getting together down there is to celebrate baptism. There's a lot of people in this church that meet Jesus for the first time every week, even especially Easter weekend. But there's going to be people going down there to go under that water, be dunked under the water, baptized in the name of the Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit, coming back up, and basically what you're, what you're doing is you're symbolizing the death to your old self, the old way of living where you're in control, and you're being born again, a new creation in Jesus Christ. So you're basically telling the world, like, I'm in, I follow Jesus. And we're going to all be down there to celebrate, to pray for them, to welcome them in, and make it a big deal. It's, it's a time of rebirth. So join us for that. That's next week, Sunday, after all of our services. I think it's like two in the afternoon or something like that. But Ohana Beach Day, that's going to be good. And last announcement is this. We're starting a new series next week that we're calling an FAQ series. We're going to be talking about frequently asked questions. Uh, as pastors, as our, our prayer teams, we, we often discuss what people are coming and they're, they're wanting to know uh, answers for in their life. So we're going to tackle a different subject every week for like a, a I don't know, it's a six or eight week series. But we're going to we're going to go after questions that are relevant to where you're at. Questions that we get asked that are common like this, like, how do you handle stress? Anybody stressed out in here at all? Anybody got any stress? Okay, good. Good. Then you're going to like this series. Anybody ever wonder this? We're going to answer the question, are we living in the last days? Anybody curious about that? Like, you don't know, should I even buy life insurance? Because if I get raptured, that'd be awesome. Like, but are we living in the last days? What about a question like this? How do we do good, godly, biblical parenting? Who has kids that stress them out in here? Anybody, right? And we, we need answers, right? So we're going to talk about that. And here's one of my favorite topics we're going to talk about in the series, how to deal with irritating people. Who has irritating people in your life? Yep. And if you don't, and you're not raising your hand, you are the irritating person. I'm just telling you. I don't have anybody. I, it's you, okay? Anyway. We're going to be talking about that. So that's a good series. So bring your friends to that one. It's going to be good. But Easter is here. Let's get into Easter. It's a resurrection. And you guys are looking good. As always, 
My friend Paul is up here in a tuxedo because he found Jesus seven years ago now on Easter Sunday. And I always got to make a shout out. I love it. He's looking really good. He's celebrating his rebirth day, right? His seven years. But a lot of you guys get dressed up that you don't normally dress up. You know that like Easter is kind of like the Super Bowl Sunday for Christians, right? It's like, that's the big one. So some of you guys that normally wear shorts and slippers, you put on pants today. And I see you. I just want you to know, you look good. You guys are looking good. Just turn to somebody around you next to you and just say this. You look miraculous today. <laughs> miraculous. It's an appropriate term for the greatest miracle that ever happened, right? You look miraculous today. Some of you guys clean up so well, especially some of you single people. Like, good job. Today could be your day. I'm just saying. You look that good. Today might be the day for you. But um, let's talk about Easter. Let's talk about resurrection because here's what I believe is we do get dressed up and we do celebrate and rightly so. We plan our family events, and you guys are going to be cooking, and you got get-togethers. We buy our kids all the, like, chocolate bunnies, although what does that have to do with Easter anyway? But we, we like to eat chocolate. And the peeps, who likes the peeps? Come on, we love the peeps, right? All the colors and shapes and sizes, and the peeps are awesome. And we do all of this stuff to, like, we celebrate Cadbury eggs, anybody? Sugar bomb, that's, like, dangerous. But here's the thing. We make such a big deal about Easter. Why? Because we are celebrating who? Jesus. Jesus, exactly. And sometimes, though, we get so caught up in the celebration, we're celebrating Jesus, that we forget that it's actually even greater than just, we're not, we're not just celebrating someone else's celebration, but the celebration that, that, that Jesus accomplished with the cross and the empty tomb, it was celebration and victory in our lives as well. Amen. Like, it's bigger than just, hey, Jesus, we love you. Jesus is going, no, 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 no. I did it for you. Like, you get to celebrate the life you live right now. I died, new life that I had to give you new life. And so that's what we're celebrating here at Easter. And Easter gives us this choice. Easter is this dramatic thing that happened in history that, that God did. But it gives us a choice to say, are we going to choose the message of Easter? Or are we going to choose to be unaffected and walk out of here and go, oh, that was kind of a cool service. It's good. Let's eat. You know? Because here's the thing. Are we going to let Jesus be the king that he turned out to be, that the, his people didn't expect it? His people were like, you're going to be a great conquering military leader and an earthly king and sit on the earthly throne, and you're going to overturn the Roman Empire, and all oh, that's going to be great. And he goes, no, nah, I'm actually better than that. And when he died, all of his followers freaked out, and they went, wait, you're supposed to be the king. You're supposed to lead us. You're supposed to overthrow the government. Now he died? And then when he came back, imagine that Sunday morning when they discovered all that really happened, and they, they realized, wait, this is a different kind of king. This is an eternal king. This is a spiritual king. This is someone that could bless our lives for all of eternity, not just a few years ruling here on earth, but this was a big deal, and here's our choice. We can either be in control of our own lives and sit on the throne of our own lives and rule our own lives and take our chances with all that this world has to throw at us. And it's not all good. It's not pretty, my friends. There's some hard stuff that we walk through. We can be in control. We can take our chances on the throne of our own lives. Or we can say, Jesus, because of the resurrection, I'm going to let you be my king. You're going to sit on the throne of my heart, of my life, of my circumstances. And with that decision, I get new life. I get eternal life. I get relationship with God who has power to do things in my life. And you know what? I, I choose that throne. And that's, that's the real game of thrones. Can I just say that right there? That's the real game of thrones. You picked it right. Come on. You guys watch it. Don't lie. 
You guys watch Game of Thrones, huh? You don't want to say it because you're in church. You're like, it's, it's questionable. It's provocative, right? It's sketchy, but so is Jesus, right? He's that kind of a guy. So I want to talk a little bit about the resurrection this morning. And here's a word that God gave me, an idea, like maybe a picture, is I think the resurrection for us is a factory reset. That's the words for today. Factory reset. Any of you ever had a computer or a phone that just started clogging up with bugs and viruses and maybe corrupted files or too many photos or videos and it's running slower, it doesn't work, you start it up and instead of like coming right up in like a minute or whatever, it takes like 15 minutes. Anybody ever have problems like that? And you don't know how to solve it and you've done everything you could do, the soft reset, the, the I'm just going to restart it and it doesn't clear it all up and then you have to take extreme measures and you got to go to the factory reset. You guys know what I'm talking about? You see screens like, like this. We have some of the reset to factory default settings. All software and settings will be reset. Personal content will not be deleted. Maybe you've seen one that's like this up here. That's a scary. Whenever you see that blue screen, that's a bad sign, right? And it's like going down all the way to restore factory settings. Or this last one, it's like on the Apple devices. Are you sure you want to restore the iPhone 3GS to its factory settings? All media and data will be erased. Let me tell you, if you're still running an iPhone 3GS, you got bigger problems. You got bigger, time to, the whole phone needs to be replaced. But here's the idea why God told me, here's what Easter's about, factory reset. is because in our lives, as we go about doing things our way, we collect a lot of garbage, a lot of junk files, a lot of hurts, a lot of pain, a lot of addictions, a lot of poor decisions and junk consequences that we picked up along the way. There's hurt, there's loss, there's all kinds of stuff that happens to us. And you know what happens? It causes us to run slower, to not run at peak performance. It actually causes us to die a little bit inside. And what the resurrection offers us is a chance at new life. And God just told me, it's like a factory reset. Because I'm always struggling with my phones and computers. And God goes, how good does that feel when you reset everything to the factory settings? And you get a chance to all download only the good stuff and all the bad stuff is good. Anybody feel like they could use a factory reset in their life here today? Anybody in Jesus' name? Can I get an amen? amen. You know what amen means right there? I'm just gonna throw this one out there because not everybody knows. Like, I'm not gonna say it. I'm not, if I say amen, you're like, no. I don't know what it means. Here's what amen means. It's from the Hebrew word. It's actually the same word translated in the Greek and the Latin. But it just means I agree. It means what you're saying is truth. It literally means so be it. What you're saying, let it be done. It's basically the Hebrew form of our version of chihu. You guys know what I'm saying? Like, make it a little bit plain to you guys. So, so if I ever say in a sermon or you hear something really good and you're like, amen, you could go biblical or you could just go pigeon and tell me what? Chihu. See, you guys are good at that. So anyway. That's a good amen right there, is that God can give us a factory reset. Let me take you to the scripture here, Revelation chapter 1, verse 17. This is, now let me set the setting for you. This is John writing the book of Revelation. You guys have heard of the book of Revelation, talking about end times. It's scary. It's a vision that Jesus, is one of his very best friends, John, had this vision. He was on this island of Patmos, and God gave him this crazy long vision, and he wrote everything down. It's about end times. It's about the glory of God. And in the, the vision, he sees Jesus, and this is where we pick up the story, Revelations 1.17. It says, John speaking, that when I saw him, Jesus, in this vision, I fell at his feet as dead. He was just like, oh my gosh, I see Jesus in all of his glorified majesty, and like, it, it overwhelmed him. So he fell down almost like he was dead. But it says, Jesus laid his right hand on me, saying to me, do not be afraid. 
I'm the first and the last. In other words, he's telling them who he is. He is God. He was there in the beginning. He'll be there for all of eternity. I'm the first and the last. And he, he, he described himself a little better in verse 18. I am he who lives and was dead, but behold, I am alive forevermore. And then Jesus amens himself. Chihu, right? He's like, I'm the guy that was alive. I died, but I came back. I'm alive forevermore. Chihu. Right there, like Jesus is going, that's good right there. Like, and then he says this, and this is how it applies to this resurrection, this reset we can have in our lives. He says, and I have the keys of Hades and of death. That Jesus alone has the very keys to unlock the stuff that we just think is eternal. It's, it's so terrible. Hell itself, death itself. And Jesus goes, no, because of who I am, I died, I came back. I'm the man, I am the son of God. As I have the keys, in other words, I can unlock the hell that you're going through in your life right now. I can unlock the stuff in your life that is dead or it's dying. This is the promise that Jesus makes because of the resurrection and the life that he experienced through the Spirit of God. He's offering that to us as well. He can fix whatever it is that we're going through. So here's the million-dollar question. What is it really in our lives that is dead and dying? Because you're not just here this morning to hear some message and go, oh, that's cool. But let me tell you, Jesus is asking a question of us in our hearts. He says, I have the power to fix whatever might be dead or dying in your life. But what is it really in your life? You walked in here today. We all come from different walks and backgrounds and experiences. And there's stuff going on in each and every one of our lives that's, that's causing us. It's like that computer. It's, it's loading slower. It's corrupted. It's on its way out. It's hurting. And what is that in our life that needs the factory reset? It could be emotional. Could be, I asked the question earlier, how many of you guys are stressed out? Some of you might just be carrying extra stress. You're overwhelmed. There's just, you're juggling a lot of stuff that's going on. Your job, your kids, your, you don't know what's going on. There's, it could be emotionally, like maybe you're in despair or depression. You know, depression, we, we categorize that and we, we kind of stigmatize that as this bad thing. You're clinically depressed. The reality is I think so many people are suffering with depression that it's not like, oh, just a few people. And we look at it as like a negative thing. I believe that God wired all of us to walk the full spectrum, the full gamut of all human emotions. And so from time to time, every one of us is going to face a little bit of depression. And you don't have to look like, oh, you're going to like stigmatize me. It's a negative thing. I think it's part of life but there's someone that can help us walk through that. Amen? And so, so Jesus is, is kind of throwing it out here. What in your life is dead or maybe dying? Could it be emotional? Could it be broken dreams or no hope? Or maybe you struggle with anger. You wish you didn't. You say things, you get, you get fired up. Maybe anybody in here an angry driver? You get mad when you're, that's me. I'm just telling you guys, when is that poly highway going to open up for every single day? Enough landslide already. Fix it, right? Like we get angry. So, so maybe there's something in your life that's kind of like emotionally, it's like, ah, oh, I'm dealing with this. Maybe it's relationally. Maybe there's been some gossip. There's been some verbal abuse, people speaking bad. There's conflict in your life. I know that there's, there may be people in this room right now that have just suffered a breakup. Or there, there are marriages, because I read those prayer cards, that their marriage is hanging by a string right now and divorce is looming right around the corner. And it could be that there's relational issues that you're just feeling this, um, it's dead or it's dying or you're, you're lonely and you're waiting. You don't have any relationship right now. You're waiting for God to bring that. Maybe it's spiritual issues. Maybe you come coming into church this morning and you're like, I don't really have much of a spiritual life. In fact, I don't really know God at all. I kind of came because auntie promised to buy me breakfast after. That's all I'm here for. Right? Could be spiritually, you're just like, it's dead. 
I don't have a spiritual life with, with God or Jesus. I'm just here to kind of listen. Could be that your, your spiritual walk has gotten into like a mundane kind of routine. It's boring. You're feeling dry right now. You've been coming to church for weeks, months, maybe even years, and you're just like, I don't know. My spiritual life is it's kind of dead. I could use a reset. You know, what is it? I don't know, maybe you're, you're the kind of Christian that you're, you've been a Christian so long that you don't even see the beauty in it anymore. You just judge all of everybody else around you because no one's as good a Christian as you, right? Like you come in, the lights are too bright, the music's too loud, his jeans are too tight, and if you're not reading out the King James Version of the Bible, then you're going to hell, you know, right? I mean, people can get like that, I'm just saying. Not you, though, but I wonder what it is maybe in your life here today. If, if Jesus is going, you know what the resurrection did for me? Full reset. I was dead. I came back to life. But because of that, I offer a brand new life for you and a reset of whatever is dead or dying in your life. Paul writes this in Romans 8, 11, the message version. Sorry, King James Version fans. I, I like to read them all. It says this. It stands a reason, doesn't it? That if the alive and present God who raised Jesus from the dead moves into your life, then he'll do the same thing in you that he did in Jesus, bringing you alive to himself. See, when God lives and breathes in you, and he does as surely as he did in Jesus, you're delivered from that dead life. With his spirit living in you, your body will be as alive as Christ. And this is what Paul is saying is, new life is available to every single one of us. That Jesus died for every single person on planet Earth, but he knew that not everybody's gonna choose him but he threw it out there for everybody. He goes, new life is available. Just like the life that brought Jesus Christ back from the dead, I can do that in whatever's dying in your life, those hard issues. Thursday night, before Jesus was gonna go to the cross the next day, Thursday night when he was having his last supper with his boys, his closest to him, his friends, his disciples, he's teaching them about the very first communion, what that's gonna represent. He's like, man, pretty soon you're gonna know why I'm telling you eat the broken bread and drink this wine right here. It's gonna represent my body broken and my blood spilled for you. He washes the disciples' feet and he goes, this is how you live like a Christian, like a follower of me. You love people. You get down at their level. You humble yourself. You serve people. He gives them all these instructions about how much he loves them. They have this supper together, and it's that night that he's going to be betrayed and arrested in the garden. Next day, crucified, put on that cross. But at this dinner, he's saying a lot of important things. And in John 14, 19, um, he says this, a promise to his disciples. He says, a little while longer, and the world will see me no more. In other words, I'm going to die. I'm not going to be around here. But then he says this, but you will see me. Because I live, you will live also. What he's trying to tell his disciples right there is, hey, whatever's dead or dying in your life, I can fix it. I can give you a hard reset, a factory reset. I can bring something new out of something that seems like it's dead, dying, or long gone. I have that power. And as I want to talk about this, I want, I'm, I'm promising something to you guys here today. If you believe in Jesus and you believe in the resurrection, he can do that new life in you. But I'm also not going to make you a false promise that says the minute you say yes to Jesus, that everything in your whole world is, that's broken is going to instantly be fixed. Because I think very, very rarely that happens. That literally you're like, well, I'm poor and I became a Christian. I'm a multimillionaire. And I married the hottest woman and I got the biggest boat and I got the whole life. Like, God doesn't work that way. You know why? Because with God, everything is a process. Because what happens in the process is beautiful. There's power in the process. So when he goes, I'm going to change your life and I'm going to do a factory reset, it's going to be cool because we're going to do it in a process together because really all that God's after is relationship with us. And he wants to build that relationship. And I believe the process starts like this. If you're today going, 
yeah, Pastor Carl, I need a reset in my life. I want God. I want to know that. And I'm not talking about people that walked in this room and you're not a Christian. I'm talking even to the people we've been walking with the Lord a long time, but we got issues. We got stuff in our life that's killing us and it's causing us to die. And Jesus is going, you want me to restart that, Carl? You want me to breathe a little bit new life into this? Well, here's the process. The first part of the process is just one word. It's the search. The search is not us searching for God. It's actually God has been trying to get to us, trying to reach us, trying to connect with us in more ways than you can imagine. And you feel like, no, it was my decision to come to church today. My friend invited me. This is what's going on. And God, meanwhile, behind the scenes is going, man, I love that person over there. I got to connect with him. So I'm going to use his friends to invite him to church because I'm trying whatever means necessary because I love them. See, God created us. And in the garden, we broke relationship, right? In the Garden of Eden, the original sin, we messed up. We went our own way. And God has been trying to get back to us. So the stuff that you're feeling like, I just went through that life-threatening event, and I walked away unscathed, and that makes me want to search for a higher power, God's going, I orchestrated that event that happened in your life because I'm trying to reach you. I'm searching for you. It says in in Revelation 3.20, Jesus goes, Look, I stand at the door and knock. He's talking about the, the door to our hearts, the door to our lives. He goes, I'm out here and I'm knocking. I'm like, hey, man, I'm right here. I'm trying to get to you. He says, if you hear my voice and you open the door, I will come in and we will share a meal together as friends. She just the thought that you're going in life right now, and for maybe whatever reason, you're going, it's time to turn over a new leaf. I need a new start. I think I'm going to go back to church. And you're thinking, those are my thoughts and my feelings. It's actually the Holy Spirit's been working on you. He's searching, and he's going, I'm going to give him some of those thoughts a little bit. I want him to come back to church. I want her to to come and be a part of what's going. God's searching for us. The next part of the, the process I think is so cool is the rescue I think this is where everything changes. The rescue part of this this process is when you let him meet you right in your mess. When you get to the point where you're ready to surrender enough to say, God, I've been doing it on my own. I've been sitting on the throne of my life. You know what? I'm gonna take a chance on you. I don't understand this whole Christianity thing. I don't know all there is to it. I, I don't know if I've even read the Bible yet, but I need some help down here. Like I'm drowning. I'm in the darkness. I'm tired of like trying to do life on my own. And I believe, maybe just this much, that you could help me. And so I'm going to take this step in this process that is a rescue. I think that's where you actually get saved, where you actually let God rescue. I was talking to a friend of mine, uh, a couple of friends, actually, that used to be lifeguards out on the west side. And they said sometimes they're trying to save people, but the people's pride gets up so much, it's like they need help, but they don't want all the girls on the beach knowing that they need help. So the lifeguard comes to save them, and then they fight the lifeguard off because they're pride, right? Male ego, come on, man, that's how we are, right? We don't apologize for it. We're like, I need, I need help, I'm dying, but don't save me because I don't want to look bad, right? Like we, we fight, and they said sometimes that the, the people will literally scratch and claw and they'll be like, get off me, get off me, but at the same time they're going, but help me, but help me, Right? And they say, I, I said, what do you do in those kind of situations? My lifeguard friend said this. Oh, sometimes you just got to knock them out. So, For real? Right, you got to subdue them. They're going to die or they're going to fight you. And I was like, yeah, but he goes, no, you got to do whatever. You choke them out or you just knock them out. I was like, oh, remind me to not drown at your beach. Like, if I'm drowning, I don't need to be punched in the face at the same time. But here's the thought. God is saying, if you'll let me, I'll rescue you. If you put your pride down and stop struggling and trying so hard, when you're at the point where you realize you need some help in life, and you go, okay, God, I just need to be rescued. I don't care. I just, I need some help over here. 
God goes, you don't have to understand all of Christianity, but I got you. And then here comes the next word that's really great in this process. Search, rescue, here's the third one. He restores you. That's a really great word. That's what basically God goes, so now that you admitted you need help, where do you need the help? You know what the restoration process is? You got to show God what's dirty and needs to be cleaned up. Is that you get the chance to show God, here's what's broken in my life, and I need you to fix it. This is the part where it takes you being honest with your issues. You already said, I need help, but now God's going, okay, let me see where those are at. And like our church is like a safe place. We want to be a place where, where you can express that kind of stuff and we can work together with you, get you to God. But here's God in this process. When you go, God, I need a hard reset, factory reset. And he goes, okay, part of it is I want to restore you, but you got to honestly admit what's broken in your life. My kids, when they were growing up, when they're young, they would break stuff, break their toys. Anybody have kids that are just destructive? My kids are destructive, man. They're just, I'll just tell you, they break stuff, right? And so I'd, I'd go find stuff in their room, their toy or whatever. I'm like, oh, how come this is broken? I got this for you. Yeah, I know. I broke it a while ago, but I don't know what to do. I couldn't fix it. I'm bummed, but it's just sitting there. I'm like, what do you mean it's just sitting there? Like, I'm your dad. Like, I'm a man. I can fix anything. Come on, man out there. We can fix anything, right? Like, we, we will give it the old college try. Give me some toothpaste, some dental floss, some saran wrap. I will fix anything. You guys know what I'm talking about? So I'm, like, looking at my kid's toy, and I'm like, it's just broken. It's just sitting there. You're not going to do anything about Why didn't you tell me? Here's the deal. I'm your dad, and I'm going to come in there because I love you, and I'm going to fix that thing. Whatever's broken, I'm going to restore it. And if I can't restore it, I can go to the store and buy you a brand new one, a better one. Right? Like, but you have to admit that it's broken so that I can bring restoration. And the reason I want to do that for my kids is because I'm a good dad, right? I'm a good, good father. It's who I am. It's who I am. Right? <laughs> you guys catch that? Inside Christian joke? All right, that's good. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. I'll be here all week. Um, but here's the thing God wants to restore you, and it's a process. And you come to church today, maybe, and you're just like, I'm ready for the hard reset. Well, God goes, it's going to be fun, man. I'm searching for you. If you let me rescue you, I will. But then you got to show me what's broken in your life so I can restore it. First Peter 5.10 says, the God of all grace who called you to his eternal glory in Christ, after you've suffered a little while, will himself restore you and make you strong, firm, and steadfast. And you know, when we celebrate baptism next week at Ohana Beach Day, that's what people are actually doing. People are actually going into the water publicly, plenty of people on Kailua Beach, plus all of us there watching, they're publicly admitting, hey, I'm broken, but I know who can fix me. And I'm willing to admit what's going on on this beach and say, I want to die to my old broken self, and I want to be brought up a new creation in Jesus Christ. God, I'm willing to accept the restoration process. No shame. I want all that you got for me. Amen? Is that a good word? Chihu? All right, okay, good, good, just checking. And here's the last thing in the process that I think is really good is this, this word that's, that's search, rescue, restore, and redeem. The redeem word is so powerful. That's what, that's what Easter's all about, is that Jesus bought us back away from the world, away from the enemy that's trying to destroy our lives. Jesus said, I'm gonna pay with my own life so that you can be brought back into relationship with God. He redeemed us. The word redeem the first definition is to buy something back at a price. And that's when we're all, we get it. He's our redeemer. He bought us back. But there's a kind of a secondary definition to the word redeem that sometimes we, we don't notice. And this is what kind of the second definition means to the word redeem. It means to compensate for the faults or the bad aspects of something or someone. In other words, it's to show something good 
out of something that might have been bad. Like you redeem your day. Like the other day, uh, I got uh, sponsored onto the Marine base to go surfing North Beach. That's like my favorite beach. And so I got sponsored on. We went to, down to the beach to surf. And I was looking forward to it. I love the waves down there and everything. And the waves were not that great. And I sat out there for a while, and I caught a few closeouts, and you know, whatever. I'm like, ah, uh, waves weren't that great. But you know what redeemed the day? Was the sun was out all day. And so at least I was getting tan, because when Pastor Carl's tan, he's happy, right? That's, that's what you guys got to know, rule of thumb. So I'm on the beach, bronzing, you know, like, ah. You know, so here's to me, it's like something bad, oh, junk waves, but redeemed by the fact that the sun was out all day. And then, let's, let's go a step further. I went to go eat on the, on the base at the food court later on that day. And my favorite thing to eat, right, they have one, they have a restaurant right there, God's most perfect food, the pizza. Come on, anybody love the pizza? That's God's perfect food right there. And so I was like all excited because there's fine dining, Papa John's. And so I roll up to Papa John's counter and I'm like, hey, can I get a couple slices? Like, oh no, you're, you're too late. You missed, we only do that for lunch. We sell it by the slice. So I'm bummed. I'm like, oh man, I wanted pizza right now. I'm like thinking, do I order a whole large pizza? I could probably mac it, but I, it probably wouldn't be good for me. So I'm like, oh, I don't want to do that. And then the girl goes like this. Oh, but we have some of these lunchtime pizzas, like a full 10-inch one, available. And I was like, oh, kind of redeemed. Like, yeah. And she goes, oh, but they're old. They've been sitting out. I was like, oh. And she goes, but I'll give it to you for free. I'm like, what? (laughs) Free pizza? Thank you, Jesus, for redeeming me, right? So I got hooked up with a free pizza. And then I'm like, well, can I just buy a drink then? She goes, here's the cup. You can have that free too. Yes, that is a... That is a dream come true for me. That is a good day for me. But here's the thing. God wants to restore your life. He wants to redeem your life. Because here's what we see. All we see when we look at our lives are the weaknesses. And God goes, but I want to show you your strengths. Like you see how weak you are and the flaws and everything. I'm here to redeem, to compensate for what you think is a weak area. If you'll let me, if you believe in resurrection power and factory reset, man, I'm going to bring some strengths out. I'm going to give you purpose for your life you never knew before. Those of you guys that don't know me, I've said it before in church, but by, by nature, the way I am created and wired, I'm a natural introvert. Like I don't do well with everybody staring at me right now. Like... <laughs> I'm not about the crowds. I never like public speaking. Like, I'm the guy, like, I'm not the life of the party. You know how some guys are like, I walk in the room, the atmosphere changes. And I'm like, no, I just cruise against a wall and have a snack, you know? Like, I'm okay. And, like, I can go on my days off. I can go diving or surfing completely alone, and I'm fine. Like, I'm not depressed. I'm not bummed out. I can stay home all day, have a good day, and I don't need anybody around. Like, I do have friends. I don't want you guys thinking I'm a weirdo, but... By nature, you'd never catch me on a stage like this. And to the point where I'm the guy that's actually gone to the movies alone before. That's pretty sad. Anybody in there? Come on. Anybody else did that before? Okay, good. Anybody else introverts in here? And like I always say, the introverts don't even raise their hands anyway. They're just like, I feel you, man, but I'm not raising my hand. I'm an introvert. And here's what's so cool about this is that I'm naturally wired this way. And let me tell you this. I've seen it as a weakness. I've seen it as insecurity. I've seen it as a flaw, as a defect. My wife's like, well, how come you don't want to go out? And I'm like, no, nah, I'm a homebody. I'm cool. I'll stay home, watch TV. Like, and I'm okay with that. And so I've seen it a lot in my life as, as a negative thing. But here's what happens when you say yes to Jesus. Here's what happens when you, you listen to what he's got in store for you in your life. And you say, I need a reset of who I naturally am. I want to do what you have for me. As a God takes you and God goes, hey, I'm going to gift you. You've got gifts you don't even know about. 
I'm going to put you as a pastor of a church. You're going to get up there and speak several times every week to hundreds of people, a couple thousand people every weekend. And you're going to be in charge of this, leading this church that is growing and only getting more people. And you're going to have to deal with that every day. And what I'm finding in that is like, God redeemed my life, and I'm actually kind of good at what I do. And I'm actually kind of getting better at it. And it's not to say, oh, look at me. It's to say, that's what a reset in your life looks like. That's when God redeems you. That I'm a walking miracle every day. Every time I get up on the stage, I'm nervous. But I do this because God compensated for the flaws in my life, and he showed me my strengths. Can I get an amen, Chihu, to that one? Because that is, that is good stuff right there. Let me just end it with this, this. Here's this thought. The best way to experience the resurrection, the best way to celebrate the resurrection is to have one in your own life. And that could happen at any second. It could happen here today when you just decide to accept the power that's available. Here's this, this, um, this verse I want to share with you, Ephesians 1.19. It's the Apostle Paul. And he's, he's praying this for the church at Ephesus. And this is, my, this is be my heart and my prayer for you today. It says, I also pray that you will understand the incredible greatness of God's power for us who believe in him. You got to believe in him to get the power, right? It's not just for everyone. You, you got to acknowledge But he says, this is the same mighty power that raised Christ from the dead. I want to leave you with this. Easter isn't just somebody else's celebration. It isn't just Jesus' victory. It's Jesus' victory brought victory for us. And the new life that he experienced by that same spirit that raised him from the dead can bring life to the issues in our life that are dead and dying. God wants to give you a factory reset. But here's the deal. You have to agree to that choice to follow him and to accept what he's offering. And we're going to do that right now. I'm going to say a prayer right now. I'm just going to ask everybody to bow their heads and close their eyes. And I'm going to offer a prayer here for anybody in the room that's going, man, I, I never got it like that before, but I get it. And today, I want to start a relationship with God. I want to say yes to God. Like, I don't need to know. I'm just saying, God, rescue me. Make my life better. I want some of that. Maybe some of you guys are going to be coming back after a long time away. And it's maybe a, a re-beginning for you, like a rededication of your life. Well, I want to say a prayer that covers both of those parties. If this is your first time coming and saying, I want some God, I want to be a Christian. Or if you're coming back going, man, I've been away a long time, but I need him. Then I want to, I want to pray for you in this. So let's all close our, head, or close our eyes and bow our heads right now. We're just going to say this little prayer. God, we're here today, Lord, and we acknowledge who you are on this Easter Resurrection Sunday. Lord, we know that you came to give us new life, that it wasn't just a really cool miracle and resurrection for you, but it brought about the availability of resurrection power in our lives to whatever is dead or dying. So Lord, there's some of us, we've known you a long time, we already know you, but there's issues that we're carrying around that we haven't really surrendered completely to you. And they're, they're issues that are killing us, man. They're, they're just sapping our strength. They're slowing us down. They're corrupting our files and our lives. And, and so Lord, we're, we're at a point right now where we just want to say, God, that the resurrection message reminds us that you died for all of that stuff. You died to give us new life, and so we want to surrender that to you right now. But there's some of us in the room tonight, you've, or today, you've never actually made this commitment to Jesus before. Maybe you've known about Jesus before. Maybe it isn't your first time to church, but, but maybe you're just going, but I get it today. Like, I need that. I want that. It's not a weird religious thing. It's really just a relationship with a God that loves me and wants to fix my life and do good things in it, and I'm down for that. I want that. I'm ready to receive that. And maybe it's, it's another group of people that you're going, man, I miss church so much. This feels so good today. 
man, I miss the thought that God loves me and to know his love. I've walked away and I wanna come back and I wanna restart that relationship with him. If you're either of those two parties right there for the first time or just coming back, I wanna say a prayer with you right now, specifically for you. And before we pray that prayer, I'm gonna let you know. I'm gonna pray the words out loud. You pray them quietly in your heart. God hears you. You take my words, you make them your words in your heart to God. He'll honor that, change your life. I promise you, he'll start that process today. But if you wanna do that, I'm gonna ask one thing. Everybody's eyes are closed and heads are bowed. I just wanna ask that you would let me know that you're gonna pray with me this prayer. I wanna just like visually connect with who you are. I just wanna see who I get the privilege of praying with. And I'm gonna ask you, if you wanna pray that prayer, start a new relationship or to come back to him, can you right now just raise your hand and hold it up? And I just wanna look around. Good, I see hands going up around the room. Can you hold them up? I just wanna acknowledge you. Good, I see you, I see you, I see you, I see you. I got you back there, you over here. I see a couple right front, you, you, you. Oh, this is super good. I see you, I see you, I see you, I see you. I got you, I got you there, good choice. I got a couple in that row. If you're outdoors, outside in the courtyard, man, don't worry about it, somebody sees you out there. If you're in the kids' room, somebody sees you, God sees you. I just want you to know that you've been seen, you matter, you count, God loves you you and this is all for you. I see you. I see you. Praise God. Put your hands on right now and just let me lead you in this prayer that you would own this prayer right now. Here we go. God, I'm here today and uh, I want you. I need you. Lord, it makes sense to me. I'm coming to you for the first time or I'm coming back after a while. But Lord, my decision in my heart right now is I want to follow Jesus. I don't even know the whole story. I don't even know all there is to it. But it sounds like, God, you have the power to unlock the hell that I've been going through in my life and that you can do something about it to fix me, to heal me, to bring back what is dying and I'm struggling with, it's killing me. Lord, that you could bring new life to that. I need a reset so bad. So God, I'm taking a step of faith right now by raising my hand and praying this prayer to say, Jesus, I want you, I'll follow you. Lord, I'm gonna learn about you. I accept the message of, of the Resurrection Sunday. I want that new life in my life. From here on out, I'm gonna follow you, Lord. I pray that you would use your Holy Spirit in me to to help make me into a new creation. Lord, I'm looking forward to this life I have with you. I'm looking forward to the fact that, that when I die, I don't even have to fear death because I know where I'm going. I'm going into your presence with the rest of the family of God. So Lord, thank you for dying for my sins. Thank you for this new life you've promised me. I will follow you all of my days. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. Can we praise God for all those people right now this morning? Amen, amen. Very good.